1: Going on, Jermaine Johnson. Tune in to Turn on the Jets Podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune into the Turn on the Jets podcast.
0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson at Will PodLevin on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok back with a, a Tuesday episode this will be a weekly thing going forward we finally made it work after uh after about a month of me and my honeymoon Brad traveling uh and so on and so forth Brad spielberger Pro Football Focus here on cutdown day Brad how are we doing today
1: Great and uh, yeah, last Tuesday a week ago I was at Jets camp. So much to discuss. We're all back in the country, you know, married, all the, all those good things.
0: Yeah, exactly. We're we're ready to go. Um, obviously, you know, you're a busy guy. Cut down day, you're getting your inboxes flooded with, how does this affect this team's cap space and what's going on here and so on and so forth. We'll get to that in a moment, just because this is kind of an, it's an ever changing. You know, uh, something could happen in the next five minutes and, and so on and so forth. Again, not a lot of big stuff here, but. Other than the Jonathan Taylor stuff, which we both, I don't think, think he's going to get moves, but again, could happen. Let's talk just quickly about Jets-Giants from Saturday night. Um, Rodgers makes his debut. I talked about it yesterday. I'm not sure it could have gone better. He kind of got to get, as much as it sounds crazy, like got pressured once, was able to kind of see some success, draw some penalties, get the ball out quick, warm up in MetLife as a, you know, as a Jet in full uniform, the whole thing. Did you feel the same way? Like, I, I don't – I didn't see the downside of playing him, and I, I feel, I guess, vindicated that he didn't get hurt.
1: Yeah, no, I do. And, and I think you saw in the practice I went to that week on Tuesday also, you know, they're, they're working on him navigating pressure, obviously, you know, until the offensive line is fully up to speed. Dwayne Brown got activated that day. He knows he's going to be dealing with it, right? He's going to have to face some good defenses out of the gate. They're going to bring, uh, you know, maybe some blitzes or, or just do different things to throw him off of his – you know his timing and I think you're seeing a guy yes he's older but still very spry very nimble and you know, he was arguing whether or not he got sacked on a couple dropbacks in practice just like we saw on hard knocks but yeah I think it was good to see I think we can underestimate sometimes just full speed with a new group with a new unit I know Nathaniel Hackett is familiar and some of the players are familiar but I think it was smart in hindsight now that he stayed healthy to, to get him some reps.
0: Yeah, no, I fully agree. I think getting that first touchdown out of the way, I, I know it sounds crazy, but just like seeing the ball go in the hoop, I, I think I used that expression about 12 times on different podcasts yesterday. Um, defensively, other, other big takeaway, I guess, is this defensive line. We've seen it all summer, but we haven't seen the ones play at all all summer unless you're in camp and they looked awesome. Um, I guess not surprised at all, but are you. How, what's like your ceiling, I guess, for this defense? Just like having seen them a little bit now in practice, seen them in games, like facing the Giants backups, but it was an absolute massacre for those two drives.
1: The Ceiling is the best defense in the NFL. Like it's not, I don't think it's hyperbolic to go that high. The practice I was at, I mean, Jermaine Johnson and Bryce Huff were winning almost at will. And I think you can tell they're super duper high on Jermaine. I think he's taking that step. He's a name that, and yeah, I know we're talking about a first round pick and all those things, but his name came up a bunch. We talked to people around practice. Um, just a guy they think is going to be maybe even a bigger factor than we realized, but also, I mean, Quincy Williams flashed, made a couple of nice plays, we talked cover. a bunch about all the guys in the defensive line. And, and Jermaine Johnson, though, is a guy that I think, you know, we talk about Bryce stuff a bunch. He has more of a specific role. Like, I think it's a scenario now where they're not even super concerned about a Carl Lawson missing a little bit of time because they think Jermaine Johnson, opposite of John Franklin Myers, is still one of the better duos across the NFL. Uh, you know, right now, obviously, with the the interior in place as well. So, yeah, he's a guy I'm excited to watch. He did flash. He was you know, getting the the sack in practice, you basically just yell the word sack when you're close to the quarterback. But he did it about a dozen times over 20 snaps. Like it was it was consistent. He's bigger. You know, again, I like Will McDonald a lot. I think you do too. But them standing next to each other was like a father son moment. Like they, he's he's big.
0: He's fast. He's springy. I think he's gonna have a very big season. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you. One other thing with the Bryce Huff stuff, we've talked a lot about it. I still like. I know a lot of people are like, oh, they'll just like have them play out the season. I know there's some stuff out. Let's see where this market is in the, in the offseason. I still get this weird suspicion on uh, more than a hunch that a sneaky in-season uh, extension very much is in play. Um, I think Bryce has proven what he is now. And I think that the Jets' core, if they next year go into Will McDonald, Bryce Huff, and you know J.F.M. And, and Jermaine Johnson, all of those guys pretty much. None of them are going to be making crazy money like that. And Carl Lawson walks like you're still in a great spot. So, is it crazy to think that he gets extended this year, or is it more of a play out the year? And you know, I saw the conditional pick report come out, you know, by I think by Jeremy Fowler earlier today. That kind of just feels like annoying business, I guess. If you're a Jets fan, to be like, why are we letting a great player on our our team walk for a conditional pick? But I still just have a feeling he ends up uh, long term here.
1: I think it's actually very smart business. Uh, I mean, to then have, I mean, John Fenton Myers contract, obviously one of the better values across the NFL, and maybe that gets redone uh, maybe after the season or after another year. But yeah, I mean, Sein huff. Now before he becomes a guy that plays more than 300 plus, you know, whatever snaps in a season, maybe as he rounds out his game as well and can contribute on all three downs. But like you said, the key is you then have two first round picks who are nowhere near extension time, not only would they be cheap, but by the time Jermaine and or Will McDonald are due, those guys are also probably on the back half of their careers. I think that is a no-brainer for the Jets. It's smart, especially if you keep them now. Why
0: not get it done? Yeah, no, I'm I'm on the same page as you. I want to t- quickly touch on the Corey Davis thing. Um, it's very – I don't want to say weird. That's not the right term. But if you watch Sal's comments, you listen to kind of the Jets receiver coach talking through it, sounds like there's a lot going on there um i guess from a f- football perspective and jets team building roster building situation they've got a lot of cap space for a team that's in a win now mode like i feel like that's not common am i crazy to think like it's a little crazy for them to have a veteran quarterback on still making i mean roger still makes good money like regardless of what you know he still makes a lot of money um to have 19 20 million dollars in cap space and a majority of your picks especially date you know some day two and day three picks they're in a good spot if they want to add someone. No, whether it's you know waiver wire guy, that's a veteran that gets cut today in the next couple hours, or you know down the road on the trade deadline, they will. I think
1: they're going to look into it. I I do think at the outset, you're probably going to see you know Brownlee make the roster. Uh, I think you could even see them in the beginning of the season carrying six seven guys. I know Gibson uh, is a name they've liked as well. He did have one super uh, really nice catch on the right sideline. I remember at practice not to keep referencing this one practice I went to, but, but anyway, that's my frame of reference. So maybe maybe keep six, maybe even seven, but then you do start looking at, like you mentioned, a the cut down names and then B as the season goes on early on, do you then consider maybe making a trade? I just think there's a lot of potential for players on teams that could have slow starts and guys that are going into contract years, things like that where they then come available or they've already been available. You know, I looked to Denver. If the Broncos got to a slow start, are they then going to reopen? You know, Jerry, Judy, Cortland, Sutton conversations. I looked to Chicago. I know I put it out yesterday and everyone freaked out. I don't think Darnold Moon is actually getting traded before the season, uh, but I also can tell you I don't think he's getting extended, which means are the Bears just going to let him, you know, same thing as Bryce off, just let him play out the year. So long answer short,
0: I'd be surprised if they don't make a move you know, especially if the season gets off to a good start. Yeah, no, I'm I'm on the same page. I still think they're fine with that room. I mean, you can add to it, obviously, but still it's like a room that should be pretty decent. It's not like Gary Wilson and Lazard are like a terrible combo. You know what I mean? And like McCormick was the second best receiver on the Chiefs for a majority of last year before he got hurt. And, you know, Travis Kelsey obviously being one. I want to ask you quickly on, you know, your expectations. We talked so much about, I guess from an off-season, you know, whole obviously, wrapping up, you know, today's kind of really the proverbial end of the off-season, right? Like, you know, guys get cut, now these rosters kind of start to get finalized. Waiver wire, we'll see on Thursday, I believe. What would you, excluding the Rogers stuff, obviously, you go in, you know, we talked months ago about the Jets' cap situation, what they were going to do in the draft, all these different things. Now that we're kind of here, August 29th, do you kind of feel like they did a, a good job of like how of opening this window of like key, how long like cap wise, what the moves they made, like what's your kind of full assessment, I guess, of now you've seen in practice. We've seen kind of the pretty much full picture of what we're going to get. Obviously we mentioned there could be other moves, but kind of where, where are you at with the, the full off season now, I guess uh, coming to a close here.
1: I think they did as about a good as job as they could have with look, they're being super aggressive. That's not a, that's not a shock to anyone. That's not, you know, uh, a secret, but at the same time, still being conservative in, and I think you and I have talked about this, but Joe Douglas, where even back in the day when there wasn't a lot of talent and they had a ton of money making players take pay cuts and, and and maneuvering the roster, like the Rogers thing, you know, is also a product of Carl Lawson doing it before, or maybe Carl Lawson had an idea that Rogers was going to do it and was more open to it. They share an agency. I'm not, I don't know that, but you know, like all these little things matter to where, Saving a couple chunks of millions of dollars here and there goes back to our trade deadline conversation, goes back to, you know, all these different little intricacies to where if you're going to quote unquote go all in, you can't mess around and leave any stone unturned, right? You have to say, oh, we missed out on three, four million. Von Miller cost the Rams $700,000 or whatever it was when he won the Super Bowl, you know, a ring with them. Like, you have to prepare for everything. I think they've done a very, very good job. Um, I do. I like what they've done.
0: Couple, couple quick things here before, and then again, this is going to be a weekly thing, guys, so we're going to kind of get into this stuff you know, weekly, and next week we'll kind of do more of a, a Bills preview and kind of a season preview overall, just some expectations early on. News broke about 30 minutes ago, Von Miller is going to not be activated. He'll miss the first four games. Kind of feels like an obvious question here, but how big of a, a loss is this for Buffalo week one? I think a lot of the fear from Jets fans was... Dwayne Brown's first game back from a shoulder injury, then then again, it would have been Von Miller's first game back from the ACL, but this is a pretty big loss for a team, and they just traded, you know, Boogie Basham as well today, it's like, it's Judge room, D-line, quite as good early on in the year, like, could this, how much does this affect this division, I guess, of, you know, does that game look quite as difficult if Von Miller's not going to be playing
1: It's gigantic. Look, I think Gregory Rousseau is now a very good player and in his own right is going to cause some problems. But, you know, and Oliver, I still think is an above average to good interior defensive lineman. Doesn't, you know, scare me necessarily. And then for me, Leonard Floyd, AJ like those are edge setters. They're good run defenders. They're good football players. They're not like, oh, they're going to dominate Dwayne Brown and and Billy Turner and Makai Becton. Actually, I think it is officially Becton now, right? So it's like, it's a massive deal. Like you look last year just to put, you know, data behind it. With Von Miller in the lineup, when the Bills did not blitz, they were top five in pressure rate in the NFL or PFF. When Von Miller went down without blitzing, they were outside the top twenty-two. I think they were twenty-third in pressure rate. So, if they bring an extra guy, we know Aaron Rodgers is going to take advantage of that. And if they don't, they're probably not going to get home. Um, it's a massive, massive deal. Not that I expect him to play, but now that we know it's you know official.
0: Yeah. That the other big news is Dalvin Cooks to be practicing today for the first time as a New York Jet um it'll be interesting to see how quickly he gets up to speed he's a guy that again coming off shoulder surgery last year um you know we'll see there any names i guess you kind of had a, i guess a viral tweet yesterday and you got some pushback as we kind of mentioned beforehand any guys on the jets you either expect to get cut or maybe maybe a surprise guy that that might make the roster i, I feel like a couple draft picks might not make the initial roster i feel like they end up keeping surat over barnes if they had to, to choose one of the two um just frankly, a bit more impressed with what Jets done Outs uh, done when he's been on the field. But again, he's a guy that gets hurt all the time. So I guess what's you know what to do there. And then you know you mentioned Zach Coots is a guy who it's a pretty loaded tight end room. Whether you know it be veterans slash the amount of money and higher draft picks um, are those two names that I guess those two Jets draft picks. Anyone else that kind of stands out to you that that may not make the roster as of uh, as of four or five PM today? I think those are the big ones, right? And, and I think the point
1: here is. Like it's not necessarily a bad thing. A seventh-round picks don't make the team all the time, I and mean, we're gonna we're gonna see fourth and fifth-round picks not make the initial roster today as well. Um, and look, Kuns is a freak athlete. In practice, he did make some nice plays, but I mean, it's just not as physically built as the other tight ends, and also. I think looked a little bit at times kind of deer in headlights. Didn't really know what he was supposed to be doing on, on a couple snaps, which again, that's why you'd use a seventh round pick on a 99th percentile athlete. You get him on a practice squad and you see what you have there. But I think fans sometimes forget like the jets, if they just kept, uh, you know, Conklin, Uzama and Rucker, like there are plenty of NFL teams that just carry three tight ends. Like, I think they're going to carry four, but, but nevertheless, so he's the one, it's not a bad sign. It's not a negative thing. It's just, it's again, they don't care about developmental players right now. They care about winning a Super Bowl ring right now, uh, first and foremost.
0: Yeah, no, I'm on the same page as you. I think he's a guy that um, you'd love to be able to keep around. I just, they kind of had to make the decision. It feels like, do they keep a fourth tight end? They're going to keep a fullback, it looks like. So um, they kind of, and you're going to keep four running backs. So, you know, Bam Knight against another guy. Trey Dean's a guy that, you know, those guys look like they'll probably end up getting claimed. I, I doubt they make it back to the roster. The one last thing I was going to ask you, I'd, honestly keep two quarterbacks and then just try to get tim boyle through waivers i I don't see him having this gigantic market um and then you can activate him on game days and maybe save a roster spot there they also have a roster spot uh with brandon eckles being suspended week one jimmy moreland's now on ir those are guys that you know either would have made i think made the roster or bubble guys um what do you do a quarterback here because it like you know i I just i guess you have to keep three but in reality because this emergency quarterback it's not like they have a third string guy that's just Big name in the NFL, Tim Boyle, kind of is who he is.
1: No, it's actually an important question because I think I have seen some confusion on this Uh, where people are saying, oh, like, the guy doesn't count against the roster. No, he still no, he counts against the 53. Right, right. He just doesn't count on game day. No, I know you knew that, but it's like, uh, it's not like you just get a full-on roster exemption the entire year. Like, And people say, oh, does it really matter? Like, yes. Like, it helps have a special team or a certain player in that 53rd slot. So I agree with you. I know he's been on a couple teams, been in Detroit, been other places. Is not a ter- you know, probably a a high end number three QB, as dumb as that sentence sounds. But um, I think you could probably get him through, get him on the practice squad, like you said, activate him on game days, all those things. I, I think you'll be fine there.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm on the same page as you. Um last uh, you know, last quick one here. Are you what's like your biggest kind of question mark, I guess, the rest of the day? Is it the Jonathan Taylor stuff? Because I know Miami's obviously got you know some type of offer out there, so it's been reported. There seems to be a second team, I've seen some Philly stuff. I, I don't know how much you know legitimacy where kind of where this stuff is, because yeah, you don't know who's a legitimate account at this point anymore, unfortunately. Where do you think Jonathan Taylor gets ended up getting traded? Is he another running back in the AFC? Stafford Dolphins fans said they don't need Dalvin Cook. They somehow are now trying to trade for a running back that's going to cost them even more money in draft picks. So uh, where's uh where's where do you think James Taylor kind of either ends up or uh, does he even get moved?
1: Yeah, look, I could be wrong on this. I'm I'm sticking my neck out against all of the top, you know, reporters in the game. I just don't buy it. I really don't. I, I don't see that a team is going to get uh, for for starters. I know Miami is involved. I, I have personally confirmed they they've had conversations, but I don't know if they've even made an official offer. A and then B, this whole mystery team. Uh, maybe it exists. Uh, it's hard for me to find out who it would be. Um, who would be willing to give up the assets to do it? who has not already made a move like, you know, Patriots and Jets, obviously maybe could have been in the conversation. They no longer are. I, I just, I really, I really struggle to see it happening. This will be a funny soundbite if he gets traded an hour later,
0: but I, I think he's going to be on the Colts uh, and we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah. If the Colts trade him, um, certainly not doing Anthony Richardson any favors, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know I mean? So uh, that would have been pretty crazy if the Jets had gotten involved with uh, a, <laughs> with the Jonathan Taylor Breesaw backfield at both guys under 25 would have been pretty disgusting um are you you got to see him in practice I guess we'll finish with this I feel like he's looked I don't want to say he looks 100% yet because I I still think that we haven't seen him get hit yet so like hit for real but I don't know and in the practices I've seen of him he's in person he's looked fantastic and doesn't look hesitant at all cutting didn't look like looked like the same guy his top end speed is still ridiculous um are your expectations a little different for him, week one? Or are you kind of still in the boat of like I think we've talked about before? He's gonna be on this slow trajectory up, you know, in terms of carries.
1: I feel the same way. In the practice I went to, obviously Dalvin was not there yet, and he was different, right? Like a burst and an explosion off your first cut that was just simply, and I like Bam Knight, I like Michael Carter, but just you can tell like, hey, this is why you know Brees Hall was a top the draft pick. But The one thing I did find interesting, he would come back after some snaps and kind of be like shaking his legs out a little bit or like doing like slow motion cuts kind of like, and you could tell it was more mental than physical. Like there was no letdown from his knees, but I think I still do think we see him have like 10 to 15 touches early on. It's kind of why you signed Dalvin, frankly, in my mind. And then if he continues to get better and better, then you do say, hey, Dalvin, like you're going to be, you know, spelling him for series here and there or helping us bleed out games in second half if we have a lead. Um, Yeah, so looked good. I agree with you. He had a nice acrobatic catch as well. But but I think they're just going to play it slow because I think in their minds, like just get to the playoffs and then go kind of, you know, balls to the wall from there on out.
0: Yeah, other last thing here as we wrap, um, Carl Lawson is practicing today. So is Alan Lazard, Davin Cook, and Hall. Um, So oh, wow. I'm not sure, and Dwayne Brown is practicing. So for the Jets, pretty much as good an entry news as you can ask for. Um, really, it seems like Izzy Abacania is really one of the only guys um, still banged up. Rucker came back, Surratt came back. Uh, missing somebody else. Tomlinson's back, ABT's back. There's a, there's a lot of guys there. Um, again, this is going to be a weekly segment I'll have another pot out today. If, you know, something big happens, I highly doubt that it's going to happen. Kind of the guys have been cut already are pretty par for the course and vice versa. Um, the Jets are not trading for Mike Evans today. You can clip this, you know, if I sound like an idiot, I'd gladly will be, I'd <laughs> gladly be wrong on that. Uh, Devante and Hunter Renfro as well. I, I just, those are guys that those names got win. all these different guys think it's more of a conversation week six, week seven um, than it is right now. Also, the Jets don't have their first and second round draft pick to trade because the Packers hold the leverage for both of them. Um, so go, we'll go from there again. Make sure you guys are tuned in. I'll be back later tomorrow actually with Fireman. It'll be on the pod, um, and then we'll kind of uh, we'll kind of go from there. And uh, everyone, enjoy the rest of your day. Make sure you guys catch Brad's work on uh, out on PFF, and uh, everyone enjoy the rest of your day.